The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special, our first emergency pod, trade edition. I'm Shiel Kapadia, joined by Ben Solak. Now, Ben, usually I yell at you for checking Twitter every time we pod. I think it's rude. I think it's uh, disrespectful. I don't think it's uh, common courtesy. But right now, uh, you got to do it because we might get another trade as we're recording this one. And so uh, we need to be on top of that. The Eagles acquire Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. For a fir- fourth round pick, Benjamin Solak, how are you? <laughs> Feeling good, baby. We're chilling. We're having a good day. It's just this trade deadline. <laughs> Eagles, Howard Roseman, 6 and 0. It's whatever. That's, yeah, it's good. Okay. That's the deal. Uh, uh, fourth round pick. Now, uh, I forget who reported it. Schefter, Garofolo, no, somebody it was reported Rapp, that. Because the- Rap has the breaking news graphic that has his face on it. Whereas Schefter's breaking news graphic oh. is just a big red banner that says breaking news. So, well, somebody had the salary information. Garofalo so was who the one had, who had that, the, that the, the, the fact that the Bears are taking Garofalo. Yeah, Garofalo, okay, me, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. So he had the information that the Bears are picking up most of Robert Quinn's salary, which is a big deal because he's got a big salary uh, this year. Uh, what was your initial reaction, Benjamin like, Solek, when you saw this trade come maniacal across? Maniacal cackling. It like what you, yeah what really? you heard there are there trades that would be like better in terms of like team building responsibility and like oh if we got ourselves a pass protecting running back like, I've been king pass protecting running back right like there are more like modest sober responsible like good hearty team building trades in terms of just like freaking sick trades the trades are just like like 
it's just, not only is it so cool from a perspective of like Robert Quinn is an extremely talented pass rusher and he's now in Philadelphia. It also is so cool because the last time the Eagles were doing this, where they were just like loading up on like rental pass rushers to fill out a rotation, it's because they were making a Super Bowl run. And they were like, all right, we we, we just don't want absolute horses in the defensive line rotation. Like there's such a, that to me, it's such a clear behavior of, of like, Howie in in that in what the way that Howie thinks about team building, Howie very clearly thinks they're a Super Bowl team because he's like, all right, let's go get four or five pass rushers who we love and we can rotate, we can move them around, and let's be really really healthy and, and fresh in January. And that gets that uh, puts a little wiggle in my step. That gets me excited. Well, the truth is, even if like internally you thought the team was fraudulent, the team is six and zero, and just mathematically they've got a great chance to be the one seed. And when you're the one seed, you've got a great chance to make the Super Bowl. Now, they're not fraudulent. They pass all the metrics you would look at, all the advanced metrics of are they a good team? Uh, the answer is yes here. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I will never, I pretty much will criticize no trade when a team has a realistic view of itself, thinks it can make the Super Bowl and is aggressive. Like, those chances don't come around uh, all the time. And so I feel like you go for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You deal with the consequences later. When you get into trouble is when you think you have a chance to win the Super Bowl and you're kind of delusional and you don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Then you give up resources and then, it, you know, it comes back to cost you there. So Robert Quinn, def veteran defensive end, 32 mm -hmm. years old, had 18 and a half sacks and 22 quarterback hits for the Bears last season. I did a all pro team for the athletic in my previous life at the end of the season. And I had him as a second team all pro. I don't think there was anything really fluky about those Who was stats. Above him? You know, what, Brandon Thorne. Parsons? Uh, that sounds right. Uh, I can't remember. This doesn't I, matter. I'm just curious. I might have cheated. I, I think I cheated and tried to just have Parsons in my That's linebacker. I would have done it. That's the way they did it. That's the all pro team did it. Yeah. Yeah, the edge was stacked. So I'm like, I want to get more of these players and less of the true off-ball linebackers in there. But uh, Brandon Thorne charts every sack in the NFL and grades them as rare, high-quality, low-quality coverage or cleanup. And Robert Quinn led all players last year in high-quality sacks. So yeah, it really did. was kind of a throwback-type year where, I mean, he was the man on a terrible team but was really just balling out uh, all season long. Now, this year, it's been a different story. One sack three quarterback hits in seven games. He's had 159 uh, pass rush opportunities. So he has not been nearly as productive as he was last year. Uh, ben, I think you probably, have, judging by your tweets, have some thoughts on maybe why that would yeah, be. Yeah, so let's start with the most obvious explanation. Robert Quinn didn't want to play with the Bears anymore, right? Like when I don't want to be playing with the team on which I am, I am less likely to try hard. Not in like a really egregious, I'm going to get benched way, but that's the nature of being like a veteran in the league is like Robert Quinn got a huge, huge deal from the Bears. That was that was very sick, especially for Robert Quinn's career arc, where he was like so good with the Rams, signed a big second contract with them and then had health problems and started to fall off a little bit. So he signs this massive deal. I'm like, that's great. That's very uh, motivational, whatever. But then all of his buddies left. Like the Bears cleaned house. Khalil Mack is gone. Akeem Hicks is gone. Right. Roy, Roy Robinson Harris is gone. Like everybody on the defensive line, they shipped off, left in free agency, traded him away. And Robert Quinn in the summer was making it quite clear to the Bears that he did not want to be there. Yes. And they didn't move him. That environment just reeks, okay, well, 
move me by the deadline. And like, I, you know, like, like, like the Bears are have certainly won more games than I think we expected. They're three and four, but they're not very good. And their their entire defense has been defined by the play of the young guys anyway. Robert Quinn, like, how many people in the first six weeks of the season remembered that Robert Quinn was on the Bears and was the highest paid player on the Bears? Very few, I'm sure. Like, it just, he, he wasn't even a cornerstone of the team. So why not? Like, it makes sense for the Bears to trade him and it makes sense for Quinn to go to a contending team. Inherently, you're just going to start playing better because this is what you're playing for now. You're playing for Super Bowls. You're not playing for big contracts, MVP awards, whatever. You've kind of done that at this point. So I think that's number one. Number two, Quinn's play style is inherently volatile. Right, like Quinn is is a very similar rusher to Hassan Reddick, who has also had this debate over the course of his shorter career, where it's like, all right, like Reddick had ten sacks with the the Cardinals, but five of them came in one game. How real is that? You know what I mean? They're both win very early in the down rushers, right? They are off ball explosiveness right on top of you right now. If I beat you, I beat you, and I beat you quick. If they don't beat you quick, they have counters certainly. If they can rush inside, these are these are pros. They're good players, but they're not like like a player like a Josh Sweat is more so. I'm gonna methodically take you apart, right? Whereas Reddick and, and Quinn win with explosiveness. Uh, my buddy Keegan Abdu at Next Gen Sats uh, sent me over the the numbers. I was curious to see if uh, if it held up. Quinn uh, get off. Right now, so explosiveness off the ball, how fast he gets, how fast he gets upfield, fifth fastest in the league right now. This season, not last season, this season. So when Quinn gets upfield, he does it at a le- like, truly an elite level, at the highest level in the league. What is that measure? What get off like statistically? Yeah. How are they measuring? So I'm pretty that? sure it's how. Like, what I'm pretty is sure that? it's how fast you get one yard upfield. I know for hit like the number is 0.77 okay. right. seconds for Quinn. So in three quarters of a second, Quinn, up from the snap, Quinn's a yard upfield. That number, okay. uh, that get-off number is extremely indicative of pressure performance because you're getting on top of an offensive tackle really fast. Last but not least, you say, okay, well, Ben, why isn't Quinn producing? Quinn's getting double teamed out of his mind because nobody cares about Dominique Robinson. Nobody cares about Bilal Nichols, right? Just the other guys that they have playing on the Bears line don't scare you. And so the Seth Walter numbers, Seth Walter of ESPN regularly tweets out, uh, double team rate versus pass rush win rate. And Robert Quinn is one of the top 10 most double teamed edges in the league right now at uh, almost 30%, three out of every 10 pass rush snaps. An extremely high number for a true double team. That's not happening in Philadelphia. It's, it's not happening by alignment because the Eagles will play their five down front, so it's really hard to double you. And it's not happening by talent because, I mean, you can double Quinn if you want. It's just Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are going to beat you up. Both Sweat and Reddick are below average in double team rate so far this season. And Reddick is super, super low, and Quinn's going to help contribute to that. So Quinn's going to be better in Philadelphia than he was in Chicago. He's not going to be an 18-half-a-sack season guy. He doesn't even need to be like a 10-sack guy, like a sack every couple games. If he's creating immediate upfield pressure on rushdowns, not letting quarterbacks escape out of the back of the pocket, getting guys to step up into their interior rush, yeah. I mean, like that that in and of itself is going to be hugely valuable, keeping the Eagles fresh and winning on pass rushing downs. It's, it's, a, it's a good trade. I think role is important to talk about. Like you mentioned, what are the expectations here for uh, for Robert Quinn now that he's joining the Eagles? And so you look at it, you have Josh Sweat, you have Hassan Reddick, you have Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett's out for the season. Uh, Taron Jackson, Zach Berman tweeted out, Taron Jackson and Patrick Johnson have played 17.2 snaps per game. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, at a minimum, 
those all go to Robert Quinnell. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to rotate other people in. So that's a minimum uh, 17 snaps per game. I think this gives you, I, I think another facet of this is this gives you insurance. This isn't just about week eight, what's the rotation look like? This is, hey, week 11, shoot, Sweat, Reddick, or Graham suffered an injury. What do we do? You know, you're your Super Bowl contending team. You value the defensive line, the pass rush uh, as much as any organization in the NFL. Do you really want to, uh, uh, Patrick uh, Johnson or Taron Jackson taking those snaps? The answer is no. So I think it gives you insurance for the rest of the season. So uh, that's how I view his role. Now, when I you know tweeted out some thoughts on it, someone said, "Oh, you know, uh, Brandon Graham is is washed," and 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 I disagree yeah, no, with Graham that assessment of it. That I I think Graham has been playing fine. I also, now I didn't, listen, I didn't go through four games of film on Robert Quinn. I I watched his game against the Patriots uh, on film. And just based on that, he's not playing better than any of the Eagles edge rushers, in my opinion. So you combine that uh, with the stats, you know, he has a couple plays. It's what you said, what really stands out. And I saw some other clips of this circulating is that when he kind of uh, bends around the edge, once he gets there, the explosiveness to get to the quarterback, once, you know, his like inside shoulder is past the tackle, like he can still explode and get to the quarterback very quickly. He did that on a rep on Monday night where he hit Mac Jones and really forced an incompletion downfield. So that's in there somewhere. I don't think that's in there consistently as like a starting defensive end, or maybe, maybe it is. And maybe it's what you said. Environment uh, makes a huge difference or motivation or whatever the case may be. But in my opinion, he's going to slot in there as a rotational defensive end. And then if somebody gets injured, he's going to play more snaps. Do you yeah. agree with that? Or he definitely starts rotational. He'll start coming off the bench. Sweat and Reddick will, will be starting above him, no question. Uh, does he, so do we, with, always with the Eagles fronts, we talk about five-man versus four-man, right? In the five-man fronts, I'm almost positive that he doesn't play to start. Uh, you need Reddick in those fronts because Reddick has the ability to drop. You like Reddick as a dropper. And then you leave Sweat on the field for the run defense for keeping the edge setting. And they also drop, drop Sweat sometimes. Worth noting the Bears also have drop, dropped Robert Quinn a lot this season. Uh, one of the favorite things this Bears team does is on clear pass downs on third down is they they add a ton of dudes to the line and they'll push Quinn inside. So they don't give him like an outside alignment, which is not using him to his efficacy, like to, to where he should be. And then so either Quinn's rushing from a more interior tight alignment, which is not where he wins, or they then drop him like they'll drop him in, into zones on third and five, which is like it's. It's the same thing with like Reddick and Sweat. You don't want to have to do it. And I don't think the Eagles will do it as much as, as the Bears have. Uh, so I think on the five down fronts, you don't really play Quinn too much. There's a a way you can get him on the field, which they've kind of dabbled with, where they put Josh Sweat on the interior. They line Josh Sweat up like a defensive tackle. You got to be careful with that. Like that's for like pass rush and blitzing shenanigans you can't really do that like on like base down stuff but when they want to right to like we've talked about kind of hide when they want to be in their five down versus their four down they'll put sweat to the inside they'll put a linebacker up whatever so i think mostly you're gonna you're gonna see him play in the four down fronts and that's where he's gonna be able to line up out wide in the first place what's really exciting is when the eagles get into their rush packages and they go with two three techniques defensive tackles outside of the guards fletch and javon hargrave two wide rushers sweat and 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 quinn reddick and quinn don't really care kind of what that ends up looking like. And then they'll put linebackers on the interior and threaten the blitz. That's where he's going to be really fun. Uh, the other thing he helps you with is your blitz packages because he's so good at getting to that upfield shoulder of the quarterback that 
he makes the quarterback step up into the pocket. So you send a blitz from depth, right? You send like a linebacker coming from depth, a corner coming from the outside, and you tell Quinn, just get the back door. Just get behind the quarterback. Just make him feel heat behind him, and he'll step into the pocket, and then we're sending bullets at him there, and then we, we intend to get him there. So Quinn's going to be really, really valuable for them on their third down and their kind of bespoke looks. In their base stuff, like when they're in their five-down base defense on, on neutral downs, I don't think you'll see Quinn a lot, certainly not to start the season, and if Reddick and Sweat keep playing the way they've been playing, I don't think you'll see Quinn in those looks either. So at most, he's playing like 33% of the snaps, 35%, right? Like one third of the downs, he's playing on third down. Is that worth a fourth round pick? Is that worth the amount of money they're paying for him? We don't really know exactly how much it is. We know the Bears are taking most of the salary. Is that worth it? Yeah, if he's good, absolutely it is. When when you're this team, when you're winning six games, when you're 6-0, when you're Super Bowl run, yes, it is. Should you be doing that if you're like the Bucks? Like the commanders, like probably the Patriots. No, but like if the Eagles right now, yeah. situationally, this makes a lot of sense. What does bespoke mean? I've been meaning to ask you this for ah. like, you know, the last 17 pods. So bespoke. You, you go, you usually go bespoke game plan. Yeah. I feel so like. bespoke is a, it's, it's a word. I think originally it's in like, like tailoring, but it means like made for, it means like a tailored suit it means made for you. Like a bespoke suit is like a suit that's made gotcha. for you. Okay. So, uh, I, I've hmm. always found it. Uh, a helpful word i guess like if if you know people don't know the definition then it's probably not super helpful um but like we always <laughs> that yeah, might just we be always, like people always say like custom <laughs> game plans and custom is tricky because you know like it's not like you start from zero like a bespoke game plan is like this is how we usually do it we usually make a suit but now we're tailoring it specifically for you it's a tailored game plan so like in tailored situations in specific situations for quinn make a lot of sense and have you ever had a tailored suit most of my suits are tailored Look at you, big uh, Oh my listen. goodness. I, every Sunday I go to church. Look at this I got, guy. I, got, I love I, it. I, I, I get a lot of run out of suits. So <laughs> All I, right. This is a, you know, I actually shouldn't say most of my suits were tailored. Previously, some of my suits were tailored. And then I had a house fire and okay. I had to choose which suits were worth savings mm. and which ones weren't and the ones that were tailored were so now all of my suits are tailored because i own way fewer suits than i did okay <laughs> gotcha there you go all right what else did i want to say here about so the, the snap count thing is interesting uh you look at it right now quinn has played 41 snaps per game with the bears and again those jackson and johnson snaps are about 17 per game i was looking at the other eagles edge defenders josh sweat is playing uh over 40 snaps per game right now reddick is playing over 43 snaps per game right now and Graham is playing uh, around 27 snaps per now so I would imagine that uh, you know that Robert Quinn's would look more mm -hmm. like Brandon Graham's you know maybe around 25 snaps per game maybe uh, a little bit maybe you give those other guys more of a break now and it goes yeah. up uh, a little bit so you know you just have to make sure that everybody's good with that uh, Josh Sweat already got paid I think Reddick's been paid. Uh, Graham will be a free agent. And Quinn, uh, the, one interesting thing about Quinn's deal here is that he's due uh, $13.9 million next year. So the most likely scenario is that he does not play for that. But there is a scenario where if he plays great, you know, maybe you do a little restructure. Yeah. Like you do have him under control uh, for the next two seasons. So like there is upside here where if he just looks amazing and you're saying, wow, we cannot afford to let this guy go, then maybe you restructure that a little bit and uh, everyone wins there, but none of that's guaranteed. So if he doesn't ball out, this is a literally a half a season rental for a fourth 
round pick, and then uh, you can release him after the season for no further yeah, commitment. And people are asking this on Twitter. If you release him, since you're cutting years off the contract, there's no comp pick. So it's always fun to trade Correct. for a guy in a contract year because you think you're going to get a comp pick back. This isn't one-to-one on that, right? This isn't the case. Right. If the Eagles in part of the trade and part of the salary negotiations have his deal restructured such that like Quinn took a pay cut or knocked a year off his deal. That's a different conversation. We don't know that yet. I'd be very surprised if Quinn did that because having a $13.9 million base salary on your deal next year gives you some leverage, right? Like, you know, if you want to stay in Philadelphia, you offer the restructure. If you don't want to stay in Philly, you want to go find another contender to play for Eagles are a lot more likely to cut you because of that money. So I'd be surprised, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. That snap count thing is interesting. The more I think about it, the more I think, you know, Reddick and Sweat stay your first line and Quinn and Graham probably run as your second line. You try to keep that for as long as you can. Just because Quinn plays so much like Reddick in terms of how they rush and Sweat plays so much like Graham in terms of, of how they rush and also their impact against the run, right? Like Sweat and Graham are run, such yes. good run defenders from defensive end that like Quinn and Reddick, that's not really their calling card. You don't want to have like Quinn and Reddick stuck on the field at the same time. And like Sweat and Graham on the field at the same time, it's fine. You just don't have as much pass rush juice as if you get Quinn or Reddick. So I think you'll see kind of that that start to fall out where Quinn will be like a second team guy who runs with Graham and they'll use that rotation like, yeah, like about a third of the snaps on, on a game-to-game basis. I do though think that you're going to start to see some cool blitz stuff where they get Reddick on the field and Sweat on the field and Quinn on the field and they put those guys in weird alignments and they go to linebacker up and that's going to be a headache to deal with for teams. And Graham has rushed out, as we know, from the interior before, so you have some versatility Mm -hmm. uh, there as well. I think it's always useful to look at uh, the other team in these trades. You know, everyone's always excited and celebrating, and so I don't want to be the pour the cold water on this trade. I'll say it right now. If at the end of the day, you have to say, if I were Howie Roseman, would I have made this trade? And the answer for me uh, is yes. It sounds like you've already said the answer for you is yes. So I I think it's, uh, you know, the risk is very low here. It's a fourth round pick and again you're not tied to him past 2022 so it is a very low risk move with a significant ceiling if he recaptures some of the magic we saw last year then now all of a sudden your defensive line becomes even tougher to handle so what would the sort of pour the cold water uh angle on this trade be well a couple things i would say one is you know, he hasn't been that productive this year. And the film, you know, just from that Patriots game, I mean, Trent Brown handled him one-on-one for most of that game. I-, I counted like really two reps that were won by Robert Quinn in that game. As a pass rusher, he ended up on the ground on three, four, uh, five plays in that game. So Trent Brown definitely uh, won that battle for the most part. Other teams are watching the film. And the best the Bears could do here was a fourth round pick and a deal in which they had to pick up, you know, pretty much it sounds like all of his salary. So that's always worth keeping an eye on. Not that every NFL team is smart, but every NFL team isn't stupid either. And when they can add a uh, pass rusher who was great last year, many of them, especially the contending teams, the playoff teams, that's something they would look into. And so that's worth you know, keeping in mind is that this was the best uh, the Bears could do. So maybe you're not getting uh, a fantastic player again. I'm for the deal. I think in a rotational role, that's definitely uh, going to help the Eagles, but that's just the other side of it. Sort of reminds me, I guess the the best case scenario is he's kind of like a Chris exactly. Long during the Super Bowl season that's, type that's, player. That, that's I mean, why that's I how say I like view this him. feels like yeah. 2017 is because it feels like, yeah. yeah, Chris Long, could he go and get a sizable contract somewhere else to be a good pass rusher for them if he wanted to? Yeah. 
But like as a third player for a Super Bowl team, it's just a a lot more fun. B you always get to rush the passer, which is just like way 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 more fun. Uh, and C yes. it's it, that's that's at, at this stage in your career, that's potentially what you're what you're going after. Um, Quinn's had such an interesting career too. I'm so excited to hear what his opening presser is with the Eagles. So I just, I'm very curious where his head's at in terms of like you know like there like there's a chance he's like yeah you know didn't like Chicago like you know chase the Super Bowl whatever very whatever whatever. There's also a chance he's like. I've been bouncing around everywhere since the Rams got rid of me, right? He had one year in Miami, one year in Dallas. I thought I had a big contract in Chicago. I thought Chicago was going to compete and contend. They then traded all everybody away. I'm like, I'm here. Like this, I, I want to like plant my flag, finish my freaking career. Like there's a chance he's got that to him because Quinn, like four or five years into his career with the Rams, Quinn was like, oh yeah, it's going to be JJ Watt and Robert Quinn for the next 10 years. And then Quinn's career took like nine left turns in very weird ways. So I'm, I'm fascinated. He's an yeah. interesting guy. Um, but I do think it's a uh, it it increases my Eagles Super Bowl vibes, and I think it increases their vibes in the building as well. Well, not to look too far ahead, but yeah, they've got Reddick and Sweat for next year. But beyond that, you're gonna need whether it's Graham, whether it's Quinn, whether it's both, whether it's a draft pick. Like you're gonna need uh, some depth there, some rotational pieces there. So yeah, it could be something that lasts more than 2022. But what I like about it is that uh, it's not you're you're not locked into that. So again. If he's even if he's cooked, like if he gives you nothing the rest of the year and you're like, what happened? This guy, they traded for me. It's it's not that big of a deal. It's a fourth round pick. And again, if you're a Super Bowl contender, that's the time to take that. Even if he's kind of the last Uh, time a fourth rounder was sent for a cooked edge rusher, it was the Eagles doing Trinard Avery. And we recovered from that pretty quick. So we'll be okay. Yeah, it doesn't kill you. Exactly. That's, that, that's what I like. I like the deals that are low risk, uh, relatively high ceiling. And I think this one certainly qualifies. All right. Did anyone get traded while we were recording this pod? Did they get David Montgomery yeah. or Antonio Gibson? Do you think they're done? No. No, I think they're probably, I think they'll still look around at the, I think the positions we uh, outlined in our last pod, I think, uh, you know, a backup safety, a third safety, uh, rotational safety, and or a running back would make sense. I mean, they've just got to be looking at this and looking at the landscape of the mm-hmm. NFC and just looking at, you know, I, I put out the stats many times since they've won the Super Bowl. They've been a mediocre team. You know, they've barely been, uh, I think, what, two games over 500 or something in that span. And so when you get a 6-0 and start and you're relatively healthy and you have good depth, now's the time to go for it. And see if you could, you know, you don't want to get to January, uh, third week of January and lose a playoff game and think back at uh, late October and say, shoot, we could have given up a fifth round pick for whoever, David Montgomery. We didn't do it. And now look, our run game stunk or Miles Sanders got injured or something. And so um, I think they're, you know, I don't think they're going to give up a first round pick for anybody. I would be surprised if they gave up even a second or third, but those day three picks Mm -hmm. and we know you can get those back uh, and Howie Roseman will feel confident that he can get those back um i would expect at least one more yeah so maybe two more yeah, guys so they don't yeah. have their fourth is gone for quinn their fifth is gone for chauncey their sixth is gone for josiah scott sure i didn't forgot that was a thing so right <laughs> i forgot right now they have two one, ones yeah. a second a third and then two sevenths uh, i don't think they have any particular uh comp uh, pick expectancy coming into this year because they signed so many big free agents you don't expect to get a big comp pick in return so right now they're looking a little thin in terms of like Day three, but also they have two firsts. And if they don't, yeah, you can, uh, you can parlay uh, yeah. that back and, and, and grab some new picks back pretty quick. They also have an extra second next year. Uh, the 
the Saints draft day trade, and they have at least an extra fifth next year for Jalen Rager stuff. It might be a fourth, depending on how much Rager plays. We don't really know what that is. Uh, all of this to say that like it looks right now like they don't have enough compensation, not enough draft pick to do another trade. But once you, yeah. I think, get like waist deep in it, you're like, yeah, we can make it. We can move it around. We can make it happen. So I, I'm not, they're going to be on the phones. I don't know if another trade happens, but I think they're definitely not done doing the work. I mean, not to go too crazy, but if Jalen Hurts plays great the rest of the season and you get to the Super Bowl and you have that sixth yeah. pick and one of those quarterbacks is on the board, now you're talking, you might, you know, really be able to turn yes. that uh, into something. Or if you use the sixth pick, you have your second first round pick that easily gets turned into uh, yeah, multiple trade that first picks round pick for AJ Brown, top hypothetically, just so you know, something that a team might do yeah. with an extra first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you have lots of flexibility. All right. That'll do it. Listen, if they make another trade, I guess we're going to have to pop back on uh, at some time. We already recorded the World Series preview pod. That's going to be in your feed uh, Thursday morning. Friday will be game one post. I mean, this feed is just going to be on fire. You know, you're going to have a lot uh, to deal with on this feed the rest of the way. Thanks to Benny Souls, S-O-L-S, yep. right? Someone did suggest S-O-L-Z, but S-O-L-S too much sauce. is what we said. Uh, too much. All right. Too much sauce for now. We'll see how good, how well the Eagles play. Maybe we'll switch to SOLZ. Thanks to everyone for listening on the Ringers Philly special. We will be back talking to you very soon.